Also from my side, those of you who are visiting, uh, my name is Jonathan. I have the great privilege of leading this uh, great congregation and a really special morning for us as a church. Um, even though we're gathering here, we're celebrating what God is doing somewhere else because of what we've done as a church. We celebrate, Harry has mentioned it already, uh, our Moikluf church being planted. It's a church that is birthed, in a sense, from our congregation was sent from our congregation. They're starting up this morning, and we're excited for what God wants to do there. But also, like we've already mentioned, Utrecht. Philippa Mraker was ministering in this church, and now to see what they're doing in the nations is such a great privilege. Um, and just celebrating those two services starting today. And thank you for being part. Thank you for being here. Thank you for pitching up. Thank you for investing in spiritual family, because it's not just about what we do now in this moment. It's about what God does in this moment that overflows into our everyday lives. And I trust this morning that you will experience something of His presence, something of His Spirit. And may God grace us and empower us to live a life that really honors Him, not just in our words, but also in our deeds. I want to start off this morning uh, by sharing a story from our lives. Uh, On Tuesday, my oldest son lost his watch. Now, this is not just any watch. I have to give you a little bit of context as why this is important, why I'm sharing this. Uh, But in 2021, uh, when it came to his birthday, we felt, what what are we going to give him for his birthday? What's something that he needs? What's something that he really wants? And and he really wanted to have a watch, a specific watch that he can exercise with. So we planned on getting him a sports watch. Uh, However, a couple of days before his birthday, I was admitted to hospital with COVID. Some of you know this. Um, I was unconscious, not knowing if I would live or not. And naturally, birthday gifts just fell off the table. I was in hospital, (laughs) unconscious, no recreation of days and and dates. And and Lindy was just dealing with the whole situation. and, And somewhere, we just didn't get around to buying him that watch. Uh, however, friends of ours um, graciously decided that while we're dealing with this whole situation, they want to organize a drive-by birthday party. You remember the time of drive-by birthdays? Uh, and they, from themselves, organized this event just to bless my son with his birthday. Even though we're going through this really difficult circumstances, they wanted to bless him. And that's what spiritual family is. They step in the gap when you fall infinitely short. And they organized this, this drive-by party for him to celebrate his life. Uh, we had nothing to do with that. And someone else heard about it. And they felt God leading them to buy Nathan a gift. Felt God spoke to them that they must buy Nathan a gift. So they phoned Lindry and they asked Lindry, what, what is something he needs? What's something he really wants? And she mentions that we were looking at buying a sports watch for him. And then they went out and they bought him a watch far better than what we could afford or what we would ever have done. 
I'm going to interrupt my story a little bit here. If God ever lays something on your heart to do, do it. Because you might think it's something really insignificant, but you don't know what God is busy with in someone else's life. If God tells you buy bread, buy bread. If God says go there, go there. Because you don't know the setup what God has already done. And your small act of obedience will do something significant in someone else's life. These people felt God leading them to buy Nathan a gift. And they did. Far greater watch than we would ever be able to afford them. Such a blessing unto him. But to give a little bit more context, which made this more special, is myself and Nathan share a birthday. And my name means gift from God. So this people brings this watch to Nathan with a message, this is a gift from God. My son, 10 years old, didn't take just the gift, but he felt that was God promising that his gift, his dad, will be okay. So much more than a watch. If I cry in the beginning of the sermon, it tells you where we're going to end. <laughs> what it did for his heart. What it did for him in his relationship with God. The significance of this moment in his life. That God would use probably the worst thing that he would have gone through at this short lifespan. To do something of revealing his heart. To a 10 year old. Incredibly special gift, a gift that comes with a promise from God. That's the watch that he lost. And he was devastated. Honestly, he, he, I've, I can't remember seeing my son so deeply heart sore about something physical. Devastated. And it wasn't as simple as just saying, oh, don't worry, Nathan, we'll replace the watch. We'll get you a better watch. Because a new watch will never be able to replace the value of that watch. Nathan, that's, that watch was so much more worth than the physical price. It had so much more meaning and value because of the value that Nathan ascribed to that watch. Does it make sense? Physically, that watch probably values a certain amount of money, but it meant so much more. It carried so much more value because of the value that he ascribed to it. To what do you ascribe value in your life? If you think about your life, what are the things that you give value to? Things that are more important than what they might seem. It's things that you ascribe certain value to. All of us do this. All of us value certain things. So the question is, do you know what you're giving value to? Today we're starting a new sermon series called Value. Big surprise, big reveal there. Um, it's a citywide sermon series, meaning throughout our every nation churches in Tswane, all of us are preaching for the next six weeks, including today, on this theme of value. 
because value is important. The values that we hold dearly to is incredibly important. And for the next six weeks, we'll discover why. But Jesus regularly and in different ways taught his disciples what they should value. It was a regular theme of Jesus. He did it in different ways. And one of these occasions we read about in the book of Matthew. So if you have your Bible with you, that's going to be our scripture this morning. I'd love you to turn to Matthew 6. Um, if you don't have your Bible with you, welcome to follow me on screen. But I really want to encourage you to bring your word, the word of God, with you and to be in the word with us. So before we read this, I want us to pray together. So Lord, this morning we are once again just humbled and thank you, thankful for the privilege of being able to read your word and to um, submit ourselves onto your word, Lord. And by faith, we trust that you not just want to do something this morning, but you want to use your word powerfully in our lives. And Lord, I pray that your word will be the ultimate authority this morning, that your word will speak into our hearts and our minds, and that your word will guide us into your perfect will for us as a church, but also individuals this morning. And Lord, I pray that you would awaken in us a reverence for your word and when you speak. That we will not just take it lightly, Lord, but that we will respond to the Almighty God. Lord, may you awaken us by your spirit a confidence to trust your word and to apply your word into our lives. And Lord, we pray this morning, may you guide us in your truth. For your name's sake and your kingdom. Amen. So we're going to read together there from Matthew 6. This is part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus is probably this most famous sermon of Jesus speaking to a group of his followers. And this is a short segment from this sermon, verse 19. I'm going to read from the ESV translation. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. If we look at what Jesus is teaching his followers, we see that Jesus is saying to them, there are two types of treasures that you can pursue in this life. There's two types of treasures that you can try and store up in this life. And, and essentially what Jesus is saying, there's two ways that you can choose to live. There's a way of living where you store up earthly treasures. And then there's a way of living where you store up heavenly treasures. But what does it mean? Well, there's essentially two ways of living. And Jesus says there's earthly treasures, meaning these are the things that we ascribe worth to in this world. We give it value. The world determines and views this as important and valuable. And some of these things are important and they are valuable. Some of these things that we can say is earthly treasures is health. It's important, it's valuable. Some people might say, and the world might say, looks and how you appear is a treasure. Relationships, earthly treasures. Success, 
being successful, making a name for yourself. Comfort. Something that's that we treasure. We want to have comfortable lives. We want to have easy lives. It's a treasure. Money or wealth. It's a treasure. Security. Having the gift and ability to control your world so that you're safe the whole time. To control your children's world so that they are safe the whole time. Social status and popularity might be a treasure for some of us. Knowing that we are accepted and affirmed. Another treasure, earthly treasure, is pleasure. People try to store up and build more pleasure, being happy, happy, having a happy life, enjoying life. Everything is about that. And these things aren't necessarily wrong. Please hear me right this morning. They are valuable and they are important, but to what extent and for what purpose? Your health is valuable and it is important. Your wealth is valuable and important. Your relationships, valuable and important, but to what extent and for what purpose? And there's certain treasures that's maybe not that important. But it's earthly treasures. And then you find heavenly treasures. And these are the things that God ascribes worth to in eternity. These are the things that God says are valuable. These are the things that God values in eternity, not just in this life. See, God has revealed himself and his will and his characters and his ways through his word, through his Bible. And if we look at his word, at his Bible, we discover what are some of these heavenly treasures that Jesus is calling us to. What are some of these things that God values? What's important to God? And I'm not going to give an exhaustive list of things. I'm going to mention some of the obvious ones. Heavenly treasure, something that God values, is his honor. And I know it might sound strange to think this morning that God's honor is important to God. But think about it. God doesn't share his honor with anyone else because there's no one else worthy to be shared with. He's God and he's God alone. And for God to go, there's something or someone just, just there with him would be to diminish his character as God. He is holy. And his holiness is important to him. And we should value his holiness. There's a part of me that thought about this when I prepared. How easily Jesus, God, has become a curse word in our society. God is holy. And his honor and his holiness is important to him. Another thing that's valuable to God is his kingdom. He wants his kingdom to be established on this earth. He wants to see the values of his kingdom being established on his earth. He wants to reign and rule our hearts. Not out of a self-centered place, but because out of deep love and desire that that's the best thing for us in this world. God's kingdom is important to him. Another thing that God values, which is important, your soul. God values your soul. I look sometimes to how people are living around us and not in a judgmental way. But I think we'll agree that God views our souls more than what we do. Your soul is important to God. 
Your destiny is important to God. What happens to you after this life is important. It's valuable to God. It's something that we should value. Your holiness is important to God. And this is a difficult thing for us to grasp. But God is more concerned about your holiness than your happiness. And sometimes in life, in God's infinite wisdom and His sovereign will, He will allow certain things that will be difficult, would not be nice. Because His main purpose is not to make you happy. It's to transform you into the image of His Son, holiness. It's important for God. Is your holiness important for you? I'm not meaning in a derogative way how some people, oh, you're so holy, you're holier than how. Just your purity of living, your honor unto God. It's important. God values it. God values other people. God values the people that he's placed around you. God values your marriage, your your children, your co-workers, your neighbors. God values their soul and their destiny just as much as he values yours. God values nations. We dress up in moments like this not because we don't have enough other clothes or something at home. We dress up and we encourage people to dress up in a different culture to remind us of the value that God has placed beyond our own personal comfort and cultures. To remind us that different cultures, ethnicities, and languages is valuable to God. He created it. The way that you're living is important to God. God values your health. Steward your body well. God values your family. Steward it in a God-honoring way. God values your money. Use it, not for personal gain, but for His kingdom. God values your talents. He gave it to you. Your way of living is important to God. God values it. He ascribes value to your life and your way of living. So if you look at your life, we need, all of us need to ask the question, are you ascribing value to the things that are important to God? Are you ascribing value to the things that are important to God or the things that are important to the world? Where are you ascribing value to? Because Jesus says, these earthly treasures is vulnerable. It's temporary. Rust can come in. It can be destroyed. It can be taken away. It can be stolen. And I, agree, I think most of us agree that all of the things that I've mentioned on this side can be taken away in a moment. It's temporary. It is not lasting. It's very, very vulnerable. Are you giving your life to something that's temporary and vulnerable? I mean, think about it. In eternity, you're not going to be praised for how many Instagram followers you have. There's not going to be angels lining up to go, hey, Travis, what a privilege you had to experience Instagram. 
we didn't have it in heaven. How many followers do you have? It's not, it's not gonna happen. Go. It's just, I cannot with certainty say there's not an Instagram in heaven, but it will probably look different than what we think it is. But the amount of social media followers will be mean nothing. The amount of likes you accumulated over your lifetime on social media, nothing. How much money you made will mean nothing. There's not gonna be a club in heaven for the most wealthy. Welcome, you're in the top 500. Your success in this world will fall infinitely short to the glory of God in heaven. And all pleasure and security of this world will mean nothing in heaven because we'll be in the presence of the almighty God. We will experience pure joy and peace forever. I'm not saying it's not important, but for what purpose and to what extent? Because there's heavenly treasures. Things that are important to God, that is lasting, that's not temporary. Things that's valuable beyond this lifetime and would not be stolen, it cannot be taken away, it cannot be changed. It is of ex exceedingly more value than what we can imagine. What you did with your health and your wealth will matter in eternity, will be important. Jesus shared the parable of the talents. We gave to different people different talents and at the end, God held them accountable for what he did with what God gave them. What you did with your talents, your wealth, your family, your Gifts will be important in heaven. What you did with your time will be significant. The people standing next to you will be of immeasurable worth. That's the treasure we carry into heaven. People being saved. I believe there will be a moment in heaven where we'll celebrate people being saved in Mozambique, Malawi, in the Netherlands because of what we're doing here. It's valuable. It will mean something in heaven. The way you honored God in this life will carry value in eternity. Earthly treasures, temporary, fragile, vulnerable, heavenly treasures, lasting important. And then Jesus warns us. There's this earthly treasures that's vulnerable, and there's this heavenly treasures that's important and lasting. And then Jesus says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures in earth, but do. Do lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Jesus is really clear. This is the warning. Guys, don't do this, but do this. Now this phrase, lay up, means to store up or to save up. There's no deeper significant meaning just behind save. 
Now, I don't know about you, but saving is not something that comes naturally for me. It's not something that just happens on our family budget. I try to remember, but I can't think of any occasion since I've earned a salary where I've come to the end of the month and I went, whoa, what a surprise. I accidentally saved. <laughs> Wouldn't you know, after a year, there's this saving pocket in our budget. Amazing. It doesn't just happen, or at least not in the Atkins zone. It would probably have happened if it was just my wife. But unfortunately, it doesn't just happen. And if you, by the grace of God, has that gift on your life, would you just wake up one day and realize there's saving money in your bank account, please write a book or a course. It will help so many of us. But for most people, saving doesn't just happen. Saving requires immense discipline. To save up, you need a plan. It requires intentionality. It doesn't just happen. So what Jesus is saying when he says, do not lay up but do, Jesus is saying, do not intentionally build a life that's all about earthly treasures, but intentionally living for eternity. Intentionally plan, discipline yourself, live for something that is lasting. It doesn't just happen. Jesus warns this followers, and I believe Jesus is warning us today, don't waste your life. Don't waste your time and your talents on vulnerable and insignificant things, but intentionally live for that what's valuable and lasting. It doesn't just happen. And I have a concern for my own life and a concern for each one of us that we just go through life with very little intentionality. And there's a danger that we might live mediocre lives. We go from one week to the next week. Before we know it, there's another month gone. There's another year gone. There's another five years gone. And we're just going through life with very little intentionality. If you just reflect over your last week, and I did that exercise myself, how many things were I involved with the intentionality for the kingdom of God, for the heavenly treasures? Or am I just pulled with the flow of life, living from day to day, going through the motions with very little intentionality? Or maybe going through the motions of intentionality of earthly treasures? There needs to be an intentionality. It doesn't just happen. In a way, Jesus is saying, be intentional, discipline yourself, and live purposefully towards the things that is of value in eternity. So how intentionally are you living? See, this earthly treasure's lifestyle is all about you might reason, no, the way that I work this hard, the way that I'm trying to make this wealth is for my wife, it's for my kids, it's for my, it's for, it's, 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 but ultimately it boils down, it's still you that's in control. We're a lifestyle where 
It's intentionally focused towards heavenly treasures. It's all about God. And you know it. And yes, you steward your wealth well, you steward your life well, you steward your family well, but it's for the purposes of God. It's for the glory of God. It's to lift up one name. It's in dependence on God. Because this side will cost you something. Because we make sacrifices for the things that we deem valuable. How you live and what you value is really important because Jesus says where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. See, what you choose to value will determine what you love. What you choose to value, what you focus on, will determine what you love. In any relationship, I know there's this saying of first love at first sight, but, but that's just emotion. Any relationship where there's deep connection and love, you realize that the more value you ascribe to that relationship, the more attention you gave it, the more focus you gave it, the more, the more you invest in the relationship, something more developed than just emotions of love. There's a deep, sense of appreciation. If you think about marriage, hopefully you're more in life with your spouse, in love with your spouse, than what you were on honeymoon. Because you've come to value it more. Enough that you will invest there. And it's, this is true for any relationship. What you value will determine what you love. So choose carefully what you value. Our choices and our actions are deeply shaped by the things that we value and love. Think about it. Your choices and your actions are shaped by the things that you love and value. That's the things that you make sacrifices for. That's the things around which you plan. What you value most is seen in the way that you live. That's what Jesus is saying to his followers when he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. What you value most is seen in the way that you live. Which brings us to the ultimate question. If you look at your life, are the things you are living for worth Jesus dying for? As followers of Jesus, this is a question we constantly need to ask ourselves. Are the things that I'm living for worth Jesus dying for. And this question, the purpose behind this question is not to guilt us into doing more. And in hearing this question, you feel I have to do more, I have to be more. That's not the purpose of this question. It's not to guilt us into a certain lifestyle. It is to bring, hopefully, perspective to the way that we're living. It forces us to think over our lives and to ask, what am I living for? Is it worthy of Jesus? Where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Does Jesus have your heart? Because it will be seen in the way that you live. It brings perspective. 
What are you living for? See, when Jesus humbled himself and became a man, when he died on the cross for our sins, when Jesus suffered the penalty of sin, when Jesus defeated the power of sin and death, and when Jesus defeated the enemy and the forces of darkness, and when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was not that we may experience heaven on earth. And I know there's some preachers and movements that proclaim heaven on earth. I don't think that was the ultimate purpose behind the gospel. I look at the New Testament, I look at the life of the disciples, the early church, and I don't see heaven on earth. The purpose behind the gospel was not so that we may experience our best life now. I know it might sound really odd. In fact, Jesus said to his disciples in John 16, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. For in this world you will have trouble. In this world we'll have trouble. The more we stand up for the gospel, the more we stand up for the truth of God, the more we will face trouble. The world is opposing God, the ways of God. And if we're going to stand and align our lives with the things that God values, we will face difficulty. And it shouldn't scare us. It shouldn't put us off. Because there's a second part to the scripture. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Take heart. I have overcome the world. See, when Jesus died on the cross, when he took the penalty of sin, when he defeated the power of sin and death, when he defeated the enemy and the forces of darkness and was raised from the dead, it was to break the power of the lie that you are because of what you do. You are loved because of what you do. You are significant because of what you do. You are, and you can fill in the blank because of the way that you live. That is a lie. And Jesus came and he broke the power of the lie. Jesus came to declare that you are not defined by your success, nor by your failures or sins. You are defined by God. Jesus did this to demonstrate that your life has purpose and value because of the price that he was willing to pay. He described value to your life. Not what people say, not what you feel, not what you do, not your failures, not your successes, not your bank account, not where you stay, not where the people that love you. He ascribes value to your life. Jesus died so that we may experience mercy and forgiveness for our sins and failures. So that every day we have a new chance. And Jesus died so that we may experience his power and the presence of his spirit and his grace to live a life that honors him, a life that establishes his kingdom on earth, a life that is about eternal value, a life that glorifies him. See, Jesus gave his life for something far greater than our own personal pleasure and comfort gave it for his glory 
and that we may share in that. What are you living for? I started off with the story of Nathan's watch. I tried to explain the significance behind this watch, the value that we as a family ascribe to it. And I already mentioned he was devastated. Um, we really hard saw. This is just something special for us as a family. It's a visual reminder of a significant time in our, in our lives. Uh, and we really, we prayed. We prayed, God, <laughs> help us find this watch. The next morning, um, it's probably the earliest that our kids has ever been ready for school uh, because we're going to search for the watch before everyone else is there. Uh, Lindy and the kids were there on the, in the rugby field searching. Didn't get it. We posted on WhatsApp groups, hey, if you've seen this watch, Lindy phoned into the office. Um, I spoke to teachers. We, we did everything we could. And on the other hand, I'm just a dad. You know, there's a part where I go, hey, son, you need to have faith. But there's a part of me that goes, but if it doesn't happen. <laughs> I don't know if you ever have moments like that. The next week, they didn't get it. And on Wednesday evening, there, there needed to be a moment where, where sorry, son. And I shared with him a story of um, how God graced me with a running watch five or six years ago, where someone just gave it to me, very similar to what happened to him. And I said, well, God did that for me. He can probably do it for you again, but if it doesn't happen, you can have this watch, the gift of God that was given to me. I'm passing over to you. And we sort of had to settle it. The next day, uh, Lindry got a phone call from uh, one of the cricket coaches. He picked up this watch. Forgot about it. Took it on and put it on his wrist and he forgot about it. And he was actually searching for something else and he went to a specific place and he asked this lady working there at the school, um, didn't she see a pair of shoes? And she says, no, I didn't see a pair of shoes, but I know of someone that's searching for a watch. You wouldn't perhaps know of that. And he went, I, I have the watch. I have the watch. You don't know who it is. She says, I can't remember who it is. But I know someone had sent me a voice note. I'm going to play the voice note for you. And he listens to the voice note and he goes, I know that voice. And he phones Lindry. And from nowhere, God just does something in our lives. Which might sound like really stupid and insignificant for you. Lindry phones me. She's crying. I'm like, what's happening now? She says, I'm crying. I go to this cricket coach. I'm like, I'm here to fetch the watch. I'm crying. <laughs> Share the story with him. Give Nathan the watch. You know what happened? God ascribed more value to that what was already valuable. Because now it's not just a promise of God. It is God showing Nathan, I'm with you and I'm faithful and you can trust me. 
if we choose to align our lives with the things that are valuable with, for God, he will ascribe more value to the things that we count as valuable. Test God. Seek his treasures. Build your life on the things that's valuable and you will see God honors a life that honors him. I'm not saying it's gonna be Disney World. I'm not gonna say it's easy. I'm not gonna say you're gonna have your best life now, but you will experience the grace and power and presence and joy and peace and everything that God promised us in Jesus. If you choose to go, God, I'll value what you value. Imagine what can happen in your life. you stop intentionally living for things that might not have an effect in the eternity, but you start to live and use all your talents, all your gifts for the purposes of God. Imagine what God can do through your life. Imagine what God can do through this church. If God could use this group of people to impact Utrecht, to impact Moikloof, to impact Maputo, to impact Malawi. Imagine what can happen if we go, God, more. I'm going to value it more. I'm going to give more. I'm going to be more. I'm going to use in line with what you value. May your kingdom come. May you build your name. May you use my life. And may you come and add value to that what you've already said is valuable. May we dream of what God wants to do in your life. May you dream of the people that's standing next to you in eternity. Because God deemed you with all your sins, with all your shortcomings, valuable enough to carry his name and his gospel in this world. And you just said, yes, I'll do it. For the next five weeks, we're going to speak into certain values that we believe God has placed on us as a church and how do we live it out and why do we live it out. But this morning, can we pause? And can we reflect of our lives? sincerely ask what are you ascribing value to are you ascribing value to the things that are important to God how intentionally are you living and are the things you're living for worth Jesus dying for I want to give you a moment personally praying for this just close your eyes and just ask Lord would you reveal to me what I'm living
Lord, this morning as we reflect over our lives, Lord, I pray that you would, by your spirit and your gentle way, would come and speak to each one of us. That you would not in a condemning way accuse us, Lord, as it's not part of your nature. But Lord, that you would, by your great mercy and grace, reveal to us where's the areas where we've been living for our own sake. Where's the talents, the things that you've given us, the relationships, the resources that you've entrusted us with, Lord, that we've lived for our own purpose, intentionality of building our own lives, Lord, and maybe not stewarded well for your kingdom and your name's sake. And Lord, as you reveal this, we, as a corporate group, want to say we're sorry, Lord, but I pray as individuals that you would lead us in your gentle way to a place of repentance. As we repent unto you, Lord, it's because you are worthy. It's because you deserve so much more. And Lord, I pray that you would see our hearts this morning and that you would see the desire of our soul to glorify you, Lord, and that you would use that and that you would grace us with your power and your presence to live lives that's honor you, Lord. Lives that's worthy of your name and your kingdom. Lord, I pray for every person that sits here this morning that realizes that you're calling them to take a step of faith, Lord. Whether it's to share your gospel, whether it's to give into something, whether it's to make radical life changes, Lord. I pray that you would stir something up in their hearts, that you would ascribe more value to their lives, Lord, and that you would empower them to follow you. Because, Lord, again, we acknowledge from our own strength we'll not be able to do this of what you've already done. It's because of your mercy and grace that we can ask this from you this morning, Lord. Lord, may you come and do so much more than what we can think and imagine because you are worthy, Lord. This morning, Lord, we're saying we are willing. Would you use us? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you that you've broken that power of that lie. Thank you that you've broken the pressure of performance in this world, Lord. Thank you that you've broken every condemning thing that's already been spoken over our lives, Lord, and that your truth stands true forever. Help us to live in your truth, Lord. We pray this in your wonderful name of Jesus. And all of us say, Amen. I want to ask that you join us for the next couple of weeks if we're going to continue to speak in some of the things that we believe God has placed on us that is valuable in eternity. But as a practical application, I want to ask you, before you grab coffee, would you make a mental note to somewhere do an exercise? Look at your week, look at your life, and ask these questions. Write down your own personal values, the own things that you hold valuable, and ask yourself, is it in line with what God holds valuable? And then pray the prayer, God, would you help me to value the things that you value? Let's start there and see what God does in our lives. Thank you, Eric.